Hi, I'm Lisa Morton, founder of Roland Dransfield PR. Welcome to We Built This City. With this podcast, I wanted to shine a light on the people who have put the heart into modern Manchester. You can build a city with bricks and mortar, but it's the people that make Manchester great. On this episode of We Built This City, I have Mark Fletcher, who has been the Chief Executive of Manchester Pride since 2015 and has been involved with the organisation since 2004. Mark is a born and bred Mancunian from Altrincham. You know, Manchester has a magnetism, I think, and it draws a hotbed of talent from around the world. It wasn't Mark's grand plan to become CEO of Pride, and in fact it was completely by accident, which just demonstrates how important it is to tune into your gut and to follow your instincts. Since taking over the reins at Pride, Mark has made this Manchester institution a global attraction and has helped to create an even more diverse and inclusive LGBTQ community, not just in Manchester, but worldwide. Mark, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me on. Really pleased to be here. Thanks so much. So Manchester Pride Strapline is a city to be proud in. So Mark, what makes you proud to be Mancunian? Quite a lot. Uh, I would say... First and foremost, the people, um, the spirit and the pioneering approach towards life. You know, people here really embrace life, aren't afraid to challenge what they think is wrong. Uh, and the opportunities that exist here are pretty incredible. So all of that combines to make me very proud to be in Mancunia. And have you ever moved away? Have you always lived in Greater Manchester? I have moved away, yeah. I went to drama school uh, in Birmingham, Birmingham Conservatoire. And it was great to get away from the city, but if I'm honest, I couldn't wait to come back. It's the same when I go down to London. Any meetings that I have, or if I'm staying there for a few days, the best part of the trip for me, obviously the meetings are very good, uh, is getting back on that pendolino and heading back up north. Um, Yeah, I love this city. (laughs) Well, I was at Birmingham too, so I went to university in Birmingham, and I did love it, but I kind of came back here as soon as I could, to be honest. So how did you first get involved with Manchester Pride? Oh, way back when so I set up doing freelance sponsorship working on loads of different festivals um, after having a successful career in radio um, radio sales and, and promotions a little bit of broadcasting as well one of my clients approached me to do some sponsorship for them and I thought okay well I'll give it a little go it was when the festival Deeper Cushion was still here in around Castlefield and I really enjoyed it. So then word of mouth spread. I was doing an all right job. Um, and then I picked up another couple of festivals and ran with that for, for maybe six or seven years. And then at Manchester Pride, there were some changes happening and they brought in a CEO. Uh, they were in place for, I think, maybe eight or nine months. And there was a lot of disconnection with communities. And I wasn't best pleased with the state that the charity was left in. So threw my hat in the ring, uh, wasn't really interested in the role at the time, I thought, until I realised that I was probably the best placed person to, to go for it, and, and, and I realised how passionate I was about the charity, and I wanted to make sure that it could thrive, so threw my hat in the ring, and um, yeah, I'm sorry today. <laughs> Fantastic. So you've dedicated your life to campaigning for LGBTQ plus equality, and I've read that when you were younger, you felt that you weren't accepted. Why was that? Well, I think generally, I, um, as a person of colour, um, I grew up in a predominantly uh, white environment, you know, um, the place where I grew up, my mum my, my is white and I, I was very, you know, very embracing of my English-Irish culture uh, and also of um, my um, Anglo-Caribbean as well. But 
at the time when I went to school and high school, it was me on my own for the best part. There were not very many people who looked like me. And it was only at that stage of life that I started to recognise barriers or certain attitudes towards me. Um, And I didn't really fully understand them, I don't feel, at that time. But it it made me step back a little. Um, I'm probably impacted on my confidence in terms of stepping out, stepping forward, putting my hand up in class, being the one with the answers, putting myself forward for sports day. I was a bit more reserved in my approach to things. But I didn't really realise it at the time. It's only, um, I call myself... Uh, an accidental activist. So, as I said, I landed in this job uh, having worked alongside Manchester Pride for years and unearthed a passion that I didn't realise was in there. At the time that I, I started the role, you, you know, I was I was tussling with my identities as well. I only came out as an LGBTQ plus person in my, I think I must have been mid, mid to late 20s when I fully un- understood and recognised and was comfortable and proud of, of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess there was a number of challenges that, that I faced. And then in my professional career, um, it's sad to, to report, but the colour of my skin did have an impact when I walk into a room. I, I had to work hard. I had to prove myself more uh, to get the opportunities that maybe um, other people would would find more easily accessible, mm-hmm. should we say. So, yeah, there's there's been a fair few challenges that I've faced. And I actually still face them now, you know, in my career now, that there are certain meetings that I have, certain people that I try to work with that, that put up barriers to prevent me, you know, having a seat at the table or to putting my views forward. It's uh, it's quite an interesting uh, topic to, to talk about because I'm not afraid to challenge it anymore, but that's because I can recognise it a, a mile off. Um, and I like to educate people on, on what it is that they're doing and how they can maybe change their approach and recognise what it is that they're saying. Yeah, there's been a fair few challenges. And how do you actually meet that challenge? Um, I've got really thick skin. So I've learned to deflect a lot of things throughout my life. But I I will say, I'll I'll be honest with you, it's only probably in the last 12, well, the last six to 12 months that I've started to just consider my values, Mm. you know, um, what's important to me. I became a dad recently. I became a husband uh, just before that. And I've kind of taken stock in my life as to the role model that I want to set. Um, the the one that I want to be and the examples I want to set for for my family. And I had to check with myself and and, and realise through incidents earlier this year that a lot of the times I've felt forced to be silent or not really talk about lived experiences and share that intel with people. And this year I've felt the confidence to do that, really. It's been relevant and I've had a platform to do it. And I'm all about social change and, and trying to make, you know, make Greater Manchester an even better place for all of its residents. So, yeah, self-reflection has forced me to to just really dig deep into my soul and think about what it is that I can talk about to help educate people on some of the issues that are faced by marginalised communities today. So so that's what I do. I, I talk when I can, but not in a preachy way, just you know, enlightening them, telling them about my experiences and helping them to understand some of the issues that have been faced by marginalised communities today. It's interesting that you have such a public role and a platform that it's only so recently that you felt more comfortable. I find that that's quite amazing. I don't think people would feel that about you. So what was the shift? Yeah, I don't think they would. I've always been committed to my work. So I'm the guy in the office. And and when I have to be out and about talking to people and being the face of the organisation, I would do it. But I was much more interested in in the work, in making the change, in getting things done. And I'm a performance-led um, CEO, and I like to to lead by inspiring others to, be, to become leaders w- within my organisation. Um, so 
I more often than not, when I'm whenever in, in any um, environment talking, it would be about my work mm-hmm. and about Manchester Pride, the charity, and what it does and the impact of it, and and how we'd like people to come on board and support and help us. And it was, you know, with the um, occurrences of, of the summer and the the issues of watching people come together. I will say the Black Lives Matters movement. You know, I'm not necessarily subscribing to Black Lives Matter as as a, as a organization um but the movement the recognition um of the discrimination faced by people of color um made me check myself you know i've experienced a lot of discrimination because of the color of my skin i've also experienced a great deal of privilege and some of the things that i've been taught throughout my life i begin to question and unravel them uh, and i realized that some of them are just not right and some of the prejudices that i hold myself that have been instilled upon me through education systemically through career progression I've just had to take a step back and think about what am I aligned with? What are my what are my beliefs and and seeing what's right? And that's made me want to talk about it so that I can be a bit more visible. Use use my platform not only to, to you know to profile the organisation I work for, but to encourage social change through talking, mm. uh, through conversation like this, through hanging out with, with with people wherever I am and just having an open, frank conversation. Um, and it's been, I've got to be honest with you, parts of, parts of me have found it therapeutic as well to, to share these experiences mm. and just to have a conversation with people. It's quite common in leaders and a lot of people that I've spoken to through We Built This City as well, that outwardly they seem to have all the ducks in a row and often what happens is they put everybody before themselves and they put their needs last and it sometimes takes a quite a long time in our working careers and as we are as people to start to realise that it's okay to put ourselves first because without doing that we can't help other people. Yeah, uh, you know what? I would agree completely uh, with that one. I had a bit of a big birthday in the the year that I got married and then became a dad as well. And I think um, there is something in that people say when you turn turn a certain age, you you start to look at things differently. And I guess I almost became, I qualified myself, you know, I I am a X year old uh, (laughs) male uh, experienced in in life. And um, I have a view, I have a view, I have personal experiences. And I realised that I encourage others to share theirs, um, but didn't really spot that I wasn't sharing my own. Yeah, totally. And do you think becoming a husband and a dad has made a difference to that? Yeah. Those three things in one year, wow, what a year 2019 (laughs) was. And then career-wise as well, we elevated the Manchester Pride Festival to something quite different. To be followed by 2020 was like, you know what I mean, a proper slap in the face. Um, But yeah, those things did impact upon upon me and and they do today, I think, differently. Mm -hmm. I approach my work differently. I, I approach everything differently and I like the approaches that I'm taking. So what is Manchester Pride's purpose? Well, our, our mission, um, our, our vision even, is a world where LGBTQ plus people can, can live to love who they want and feel free from discrimination. Um, we stand to campaign for greater LGBTQ plus equality. We are committed to improving the lives of LGBTQ plus people in Greater Manchester, uh, around the UK and internationally as well. You know, we, we do that in many different ways. We, we're pioneering, we're leading on conversations, we're dynamic in our approach to making sure that marginalised communities are represented, that voices are heard and that we're celebrating LGBTQ plus equality as well. You know, it's, it's really important, especially at these times, that we don't take steps backwards. Mm. Only recently 
I've seen a couple of issues reported uh, in the media that have terrified me to think that people could be putting into place uh, any policies that would um, encourage disclusion, shall we say, um, from LGBTQ plus celebrations. It's very important, the work that we do. And one of the questions I often get asked is, do we still need a Pride event? What's the need of a Pride event? It's incredibly important to celebrate how far we've come, but it's vital that we don't get complacent. There's a long way to go before LGBTQ plus people, you know, achieve true equality. I can't imagine that will happen in my lifetime. If it does, brilliant, but then Pride events will still have their purpose to to celebrate that life and to make sure that people understand the fight that was fought for the freedoms that should be basic human rights. And how important has Manchester been in particular for that, that fight? Manchester is a wonderfully pioneering city. One of the reasons I'm so proud is because we we champion diversity here uh, and we take people as people. Uh, The Manchester Pride Parade each year, it it humbles me and I I almost become overwhelmed when we see the literally tens of thousands of people lining the the roots of, of the parade most of which are allies mm-hmm. and families that are coming out to celebrate, to wave a flag. It just shows what passion and commitment the people of Greater Manchester have got to to life and to living and, and to being to recognising differences and, and celebrating them. Um, a lot of, you know, Manchester was the birthplace for uh, a lot um, when it comes to the modern pride movement um, and the campaign for LGBT plus equality steeped in heritage. Mm-hmm. And it's vitally important that we remain at the forefront of that. You know, we we are genuinely pioneering in in our approach. Um, I was proud last year of a conversation that we sparked through providing greater visibility for um, for Black, Asian, and minority ethnicity people at our events. Uh, we adopted our visual identity to include new colours on on our freedom flag. And it sparked conversation, not just nationally, but globally. And it's an important conversation that needed to be had. Uh, And I do feel that because we're Manchester, we were able to get that level of attention and people were sitting up, paying attention and wanting to to hear it and to see what they could do to support change. Because you said that you found discrimination from within the community itself. So it was, did it resonate with you personally that you need to... Yeah, it it did, you know, and when I faced it, it was before the time that I felt comfortable talking about my my lived experiences. So I kind of took it on the chin, addressed it at the time, made made sure that that, that the person that was um, responsible for talking to me in a way in which was not appropriate was was dealt with. um, And I educated them in in the way in which I felt was the the most appropriate way to do at the time. It was from that and following on from that, some conversations that I've had with other people, I became inquisitive about the experiences and about the numbness that I'd almost had towards the level of racism that existed within LGBT plus communities. And then I started to call it out, to question it, and then most importantly, ask our audiences what experiences they'd had. That's was a, a rude awakening really that was quite shocking and that unearthed the levels of racism that people were experiencing in LGBTQ plus safe spaces in Greater Manchester a city that I'm proud of a city mm-hmm. that I go around the world championing for its approach to diversity um, and for its welcoming of LGBTQ plus people so that was yeah I was I was really stunned by that um, but yeah it, it did come from, from an incident at Manchester Pride Festival some years ago um, that I experienced mm-hmm. it that led me to, to see what the real picture was out there Mm. i'm really pleased we did because we were able to instigate change from it and that's one of the things i'm very proud of is that we're we're still working on this there's not a problem that's been fixed it's an issue that we've highlighted and we'll continue to to champion change yeah that's what we do 
one of our values is admit it, fix it, move on. And we know that's really important, isn't it? It's to call it out, don't ignore it, find a solution. And often the result can be better, can't yes, it, by working it together. I love that. I think, you know, we all, we, I think it's incredibly important to be humble enough to accept that we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, you know, when it comes to certain instances that I'm talking about, is there's a level of a lack of education on, on the topics or, you know, in some cases, unfortunately, a level of ignorance that, that's put out there. But it's fine to recognise that. You know, I certainly did within myself. I was shocked thinking, I need to unlearn everything I learn mm-hmm. here. I've learned in the past and, and, and fully understand the issues that are being faced by people. And I found it really rewarding. So, yeah, I love that value. I would always have Manchester down as a city which is extremely, embraces everybody. You do get that feeling. But how equal is it? If you've seen things yourself that have not been right for you, yeah. do you think they are isolated cases? Or do you think we aren't as necessarily embracing as we like to think we are? I think we are as embracing. I think there's certainly certain pockets of the city region whereby, you know, you can be really confident to to walk down the streets of central Manchester being who you are, openly displaying who you are. Um, But then when you come to some of the regions, it might not be so easy to live your life as freely as you could in the city centre. And I think there's a a lack of education on what equality is in some of those areas. And um, I'm putting myself out there. I'm, I'm trying to connect with as many different initiatives as I can to help facilitate that work and get those conversations um, going in, in the regions. It's a really, I almost tussled myself answering this question because I am proud of, of what Greater Manchester is. I'm proud of the level of equality, the way we genuinely celebrate diversity. But there is a lot of work to be done. You know, these instances that we're here of, they're not in isolation, sadly. I think a lot of instances go unreported. Um, and all we can do is keep the conversation going, making sure that people are thriving to learn more, to understand what is needed to stamp out discrimination so that we can we can work towards some levels of, of true equality. Definitely. And are you working as one of Andy Burnham's advisors in the community? How are you supporting that yeah. educational piece? So I actually chair the LGBTQ plus advisory panel to uh, Greater Manchester Combined Authority. And the panel is a panel of experts. Um, and we're there to, to listen to, to address issues faced by... LGBT plus people around the regions and then to form recommendations to make change and we put them forward to the combined authority um, and to, to Andy Burnham as well so we work closely with his advisor to make sure that the issues on the ground are being recognised and that we can inform strategy and policy at the highest levels that possible to achieve the equality that, that, that Andy is striving mm-hmm. to see in Greater Manchester. Mm-hmm. And all communities need support more now probably than ever with everything that's happened. What have you noticed in the past kind of seven, eight months in terms of that additional support that your community needs? When we talk about community, um, first up, I don't subscribe to just yet one holistic or one idealistic LGBTQ plus community. I think there are many different communities, mm. as there are in all walks of life, um, in, in general society. But what we've recognised is people's willingness and wanting to support issues and to recognise what those issues are and to learn from them. Allyship is incredibly important when you're talking about um, the, the, the you know the landscape of equality. Um, we're really fortunate, the work that we do in Manchester Pride and this city, as I've touched on earlier with the parade, we have a really strong network of allies who want to champion LGBTQ plus equality and want to you know, work with us to stamp out discrimination. And we've seen a lot of support uh, over the last, you know, the last seven months. It was incredibly challenging for us not to hold Manchester Pride Festival physically this year, an event that we're uh, known for internationally. 
But at the same time, what happened was we got a level of recognition and support from partners who would pledge to support that physical festival, who recognised how important it is that our conversation continue. Um, some of them were key partners from around the region and some of them were international brands and sponsor support as well. Um, there's a real, there has been a, a shift I've seen over the past five years of people understanding the issues and knowing what they can do to change or if not knowing, asking the question and authentically working uh, with us to be able to to make change within their own organisations. And, and the last seven months, um, that's one of the, you know, it's one of the pluses that I'm taking from this this, this, this challenging time is the level of support that, that we've received um, from people that you might not expect to be uh, so freely supportive at a time where they should be looking out and they are looking out for themselves. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it, about Manchester, that we Greater Manchester is able to really pull on its relationships, its collaborations that are much wider than just the city region. And we've seen so much evidence of that, haven't we, in 2020 anyway? We have, yeah. And it's it's something, you know, Manchester has a magnetism, I think. Um, and it draws a hotbed of talent from around the world, let alone from around the UK. And with that comes a lot of media interest. Um, you know, I certainly know when it comes to Manchester Pride and, and our festival, the level of media interest that, that we now garner is is stupendous you know i'm talking in 2019 over 10 billion impacts um this has previously been unheard of for a pride movement uh and it provided us uh, an opportunity to elevate our conversation uh, to us on a scale that we've never previously had um and i think that's you know certainly it's it's celebration of diversity and specifically lgbtq plus championing is key to the identity of of, of manchester mm. If you're loving We Built This City, please could you take the time to leave a five-star review on your podcast platform. Thank you. Talking about 2020 then and your whole... You've said you like a challenge, so my goodness me, that was a challenge. <laughs> and on the back of, like you say, the biggest Manchester Pride ever with Ariana Grande and years and years, it was massive. So you're cracking on to an even better 2020 and then obviously... You had to tell everyone it was cancelled because of the pandemic. First of all, what was the reaction like to that? Wow. Well, I was heartbroken and my team was heartbroken. Uh, We had some incredible... The feedback that we had from last year was was incredible. The celebration was like none that we'd had previously. So, yeah, our plans for 2020 were were big. (laughs) It was how do we follow that? I know, we've got an idea, let's do this. Um, we tiptoed towards our announcements. So people didn't fully know what it was that we were planning. So we kind of got away with, with that, with, yeah. with managing disappointment, because uh, we've not announced our full lineup. Yeah, the word that comes to mind every time is it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Manchester Pride Festival is so important and it accounts for the large proportion of the charity's turnover. Yeah. Um, and it, prevents, it presented many real challenges, like it, you know, we've all faced challenges. Any other organisation, business, charity uh, has faced the issue of loss of revenue. For us, it, it, you know it was seismic it was yeah. it was a huge deal so we, we responded really quickly you know i'm supported by a brilliant team and we just as we went into lockdown we were due to our host host the manchester pride conference so we tested out some online forums and platforms to do that online and adapted really quickly um making the most of the skills that we had on the team sadly it did mean we had to have a, a little bit of a restructure so some you know some some of the team um we had to say farewell uh, for now um but it, it kind of 
I do love a challenge and it spurred me on to think about what we can do differently, um, what we can innovate um, and what opportunity lies with the challenge that we're being faced with. And yeah, I, I like to feel we delivered um, something quite unique. You know, my, my team really stepped it up. My brief was, uh, I want to see as many different ideas for us to celebrate LGBTQ life at home safely as possible. And there was a myriad of them. And anyway, we delivered them all. So I quite unexpectedly. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a real long list. Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm a sucker for punishment, but I have really high expectations um, as well. And I set standards really high. So when a good idea comes forth, I'm begrudging if I can't turn it into yeah. reality. Um, and I'm really pleased with some of the things we're able to do. And, and some of them will, will carry forward, regardless of whether, you know, if we are able to do a physical festival in 2021, we'll certainly be returning sometime soon. We, we will retain some aspects of what we delivered online or virtually or yeah. on radio uh, as we roll forward. So it was um, a real testing time and I, I, as, as a leader, a real soul searching time as well. You know, it's it's incredibly difficult not being in control of a situation when you're in control of your organisation. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you have no bearing on what's happening around you. You have to respond I found that quite tough um, at, at the beginning. It took some getting used to. Um, but then I relied on the support of a brilliant board of trustees. And like I say, a team that I, I think is just incredible that um, understood my vision and was able to support that and get us to, to what we achieved in, in August. And I think it's brilliant, like you said, that there'll be things that came out of that hugely challenging situation which are actually better they're even more innovation now moving forward on the basis of having to kind of approach that in a completely different way absolutely because it you know it was a real opportunity the world was on pause so that enabled us this the time the space just to stop to think about what it is we do what is important what is is that that our, our audiences want from us and then to refine that offering and, and to really yeah to, to maybe consider things that we'd not had time to do in the past or you know we have a very small team uh, with a quite a gargantuan task of, of, of delivering the program of events that we, we deliver um it was a real opportunity and whilst w- when it came to the festival we were able to deliver all of those ideas there's still like a big black book of ideas for us to investigate over the winter <laughs> uh, to see what what other innovations we can bring and, and seed into the portfolio uh, as we move into the next two or three years was the one thing that stands out for you? I would say it was the parade. Um, well, you know what? There, there were two things because we introduced a new event as well. For me, the parade, Manchester Pride Parade, is such a momentous occasion. It's the city's largest annual parade. It brings literally hundreds of thousands of people together to celebrate inclusivity uh, and diversity. And for me, you know, I, I, I was really disappointed that we weren't going to be able to do something physically. Uh, obviously, respecting and understanding that we had to be safe in our approach to everything. So when the idea was floated around doing uh, Manchester Parade, Manchester Pride Parade, the the film or the movie, I think we dubbed it. I was instrumental in my thoughts and contributions towards what that could achieve. And I'm incredibly proud because I think for a lot of people who might attend the parade to, to fly a flag uh, and to support and champion the cause may not have understand, understood where the pride movement comes from, mm. uh, the fight that's been fought over the years and some of the atrocities that were faced by LGBTQ people not so long ago. Um, and I think creatively we were able to do that in, in the Braid movie. I don't mind confessing, I'm not a crier, but it brought tears to my eyes twice when I watched it. Watched it three times, so the third time there were too many people in the room, so I definitely wasn't <laughs> going to cry then. But it just was really emotive and, and, and just 
connected with me and the feedback that I've had uh, is that it's really resonated with many different people yeah. from all walks of life so that was a highlight um, and then we introduced the Human Rights Forum mm. uh, this was incredibly important because we it's great what we do as a celebration and we try to be as diverse in our offerings as possible but our level of activism sometimes gets lost uh, behind the celebrations so this year we had a real opportunity to put it at the forefront and, and we did that you know we brought some incredible panelists to talk about their lived experiences um, and again some of the issues being faced by trans and black and my Asian and minority ethnicity people um, in the world today and it was incredibly successful and that's one aspect that we will definitely yeah. carry forward to 2021 and, and, and way beyond well I can just say if anybody's got time they should absolutely go to youtube and, and watch that film because i i cried twice too and what was so unbelievable really some of those dates were so recent when things changed we said in the office you can't actually believe that it was only so recently that some of these human rights transgressions were actually corrected and I think we all think it's a lot further away than it actually was. We do and that's what you know that element of shock I wanted to make sure that that was really visible in the film because people do not seem to you know to realize that it was only this 10 years ago and then 15 years ago and 20 years ago wow the world yeah. was a completely different yeah. place if you're LGBTQ plus um, and that was really well received so you know it was it was an educational piece as well but really got people thinking and stopped you in your tracks and then when you were hearing people's stories or you were just hearing some of the news reports that were being aired at that time uh, you you couldn't be not touched no. you couldn't be not touched not great grammar yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm English teachers, which English teachers would be proud there. You couldn't be not touched by that. So what I mean is you couldn't not feel emotionally connected to what it was that you were seeing on screen. I mean, the declaration to yourself that I'm my own person, I don't care who knows it, that's what changes the world. I mean, Yeah, wow. I know. And, and yeah, <laughs> I guess Powerful that is what stuff. changes the world. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And um, you know what? When it came to the parade, I remember now, we were able to introduce elements of uh, physical marching because at that time we could do it socially distancing. Yeah. I've never taken part in Manchester Pride Parade and the team were insistent that, that I, I did have, you know, did have a role to play this year. And it was incredibly moving for me. It was a real experience. And I've never felt so connected with, with that parade as I have done this year. Um, but again, it comes off the back of me talking about my own lived experiences as, as we've touched on already totally yeah. I think Manchester is great when we come together and we're so good at that and that's been the difficulty this year is that f physical inability but you created a march as a march for peace as part of the, the, the film and I think that's what we've been craving so much isn't it is actually be able to come together yeah it is and we will mm. you know this this city is you know i hate i have always coined this phrase but we really do now to put on a good party <laughs> frank gallagher was absolutely right um and that coming together is something that is really important to mancunians it's part of who we are so it's been incredibly challenging just look at the social calendar you know for the year in any any pre-covid year look at all uh, that the hospitality and leisure industry has to offer in the city centre um, and it speaks volumes so yeah it, that, that sense of connective, uh, connectivity we wanted to be able to, to, to bring that to people in their own homes I feel we achieved that really well you know we worked with some incredible partners um, we worked with, with, with the combined authority and with, with Sasha mm -hmm. Lord the nighttime economy advisor um, on the United We Stream platform yeah. and, and some of the things we were able to achieve on there were just, were just incredible um, but again that's that was that opportunity to work with with new partners and connecting different um, key members of communities to, to come together and, and be as one that'll never fade no. that'll never fade from this city
was it even more inclusive maybe the fact that it was actually a virtual event so people maybe just don't feel that Manchester Bank Holiday Weekend's a place for them so do other people get involved with it that might not have done before? I love you for asking that question. <laughs> One of the key things that we were able to achieve yeah, yeah, was, was the level of inclusivity mm. because that is what we, I'm passionate about making sure that the, as many barriers are removed to access the celebrations and connectivity of a Pride celebration as possible and this year we were able to do that and so some of the new events that we introduced online we broke down those barriers whether they be physical whether they be financial um, or whether they be emotional um, and people were able to connect to us in a safe environment in their own homes uh, in many different ways you know it wasn't just logging on to, to um, a laptop on your phone or on your your iPad uh, you could tune into the radio you could see pieces that we printed in the newspapers as well so we tried to be as accessible as possible and we learned a lot from that and we'll definitely will carry up carry that forward um, as, as we come back towards physical festivals and have you got any spoiler alerts for us for 2021 Absolutely not. It's in that black book. They're all in the black book. <laughs> you know what? What I'm really pleased about, what, what, what was really good when it comes to the, the festival itself was a level of commitment that we had and support from artists who were going to perform in 2020. Sadly, the, the one artist that we'd announced is not able to come forward, uh, but I do know everybody else that we were talking to. So the, the lineup for the Manchester Pride Festival is quite incredible. Um, and in addition to that, some of the initiatives that we, we've, we launched early on in the year, we've been able to spend more time focusing on as well. So when, when it comes to Manchester Pride year long, um, there are a whole programme of, of initiatives and activities that we'll be talking about uh, when it comes to January. Um, and of course, we are working towards delivering a physical festival, um, what it will look like and who might or might not be appearing. I'll keep you posted. But there might be lots of people there who have never been there before, which is a great thing to think about, isn't it? And I think we do think in Manchester, it's our, it's our bank holiday weekend, isn't it? You know, no matter kind of what your background, but it just brings people to the city from outside Greater Manchester as well. I mean, it's an amazing yeah. event, isn't it? It is an amazing event. Yeah. You know, what it, what it does for the, for the economy is fantastic as well. Um, but it, the, the sense of bringing people together, um, some of the stats that we've had fed back from Manchester Airport as well uh, have, have really made us realise just how much of a global celebration yeah. this is and how much of a global festival but also how important Manchester is as a city um, on the you know on the spectrum of LGBTQ plus equality because people do literally fly in from across the world yeah, yeah like you say it's August Bank Holiday Weekend in Manchester it's, it's Pride Weekend mm. and the way the city comes to life just to, to celebrate um, it's a wash with colour and vibrancy it's uh, yeah long may it continue that's a great thing to kind of look ahead and hope that happens next yes. year look I've got a big smile on my face yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> So Roland Ransfield has a set of values and I'm really interested in values and how they become you personally or they become your brand. What would you say the values for Manchester Pride are? Oh, for Manchester Pride, uh, empowerment, integrity, togetherness, um, because they are our three values, by the way, so I've coined that one straight there. <laughs> uh, but we're constantly reviewing them and looking at what they are. And I think they're incredibly important. You know, I subscribe to collaborative leadership and, and the, the ethos that I've created within the organisation is to partner with as many different people as possible. You know, we're on our mission, but we want to work with as many people who share our values as is possible. Um, that doesn't come without its challenges. You know, there's a lot of competitiveness still out there that, that shouldn't exist, uh, that does amongst amongst some charities. Um, but we, we try to bring everybody along, understand what the story is and work together. For me, that's the only way to achieve real change. I think it's wonderful when you do that and we, we decided to really decide on what our values were what was important to us and we've realised over the past couple of years that they are 
us personally as well as the business mm. so everybody in the business aligns with those and when we find that we're coming off track a little bit you can kind of bring yourself back to where we, we need to be I mean admit it fix it move on we're not all we're not going to get it right yeah. all the time but it's just knowing you know what we stand for what's important to us so are any of those on on our list do they any of those speak to you in particular yeah, quite a lot of them, I will say. This no D, asterisk, 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 asterisk S. Yes. Uh, I think that's the key one that I subscribe to. I, I, you know, it's been an incredibly challenging year. And to me, it's shone a spotlight on, on the people that I want to work with and those who um, are quite obstructive to the work that I'm trying to, to do. For me, what's incredibly important is to, to re- retain my integrity in all that I do. It's incredibly important because it keeps you there at times when you're questioning everything you're doing. If you've maintained your integrity, you know you're in the right place and you're doing the right work. So I've learned a lot from that value this year. Um, And like I said, it's helped me to to gain a perspective on on what the future looks like for me and for our organisation based on on, uh, alliances that that, that, that I want to focus time on. Um, And D of asterisk (laughs) S that I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you know what it's one of my favourite and it's made a it's big brilliant. difference yeah I mean if you just keep that going and you have to also remind yourself not to be one yourself yeah at times. exactly <laughs> I know yeah there is that self-checking am I being <laughs> <laughs> we also talk about relationships and we've talked a lot in this podcast about how important those relationships are to when magic happens when people come together when the partnerships happen have there been any relationships in your life either personally or professionally which have made a big impact on your journey wow yeah, many, many. Um, from the start of my career, when I, when I first understood the importance of relationship building and, and maintenance, I can look, you know, I can look through my phone book now, and there are people that I've known for the past twenty years who've been part of the journey that I've gone on um, before I embarked upon it, or even knew where I was going, and I'm still in touch with them. I've spotted this on your values. Always say thank you yeah. um, and maintain that level of professionalism, and that's worked really well for me. Personally, yeah, I've been touched by many different uh, relationships, um, whether it be personal relationships or whether it be friendships that, that I've garnered over the years. Professionally, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from professional relationships, and I've really pulled strength from a lot of them as well. More recently, some of the most bizarre relationships, I will say, that, that have, well, not bizarre, some of the most significant for our organisation, I'll use it as a sponsor relationship, for example, the support and commitment that we that the Manchester Pride had from Virgin Atlantic this year has been incredible. The challenges that they have faced, what they have had to do to survive as, as a business, well, what people may or, may or may not have been aware of is that once they understood there was a way out for them, they were straight on the phone to me. They were very clear that they wanted to stand by everything that we were doing this year and the three-year partnership that we announced in New York in January, they were sticking to. And I've learned a lot from from them in that very short period of time as, as well but relationships are very important uh, and for me are instrumental in, in achieving mm. the success that I achieve absolutely I think also more than ever now we re- we can yeah. really pull on those relationships like you say people that is in your phone that you've known for a very long time and you may not even speak to them for years but they're just there aren't they you can call yeah. on them which is why you've always got to be nice to everybody haven't you unless yes. they are a yeah and in which case sometimes people do need a strong word uh, which is fine as well well that's good to do also so my final question before our quick round is what legacy do you want to leave manchester oh wow i guess then the legacy that i i want to leave um is for the city to keep and champion and keep and checking itself keep and educating itself and being aware that that lived experiences are key in in understanding how people live and how we stamp out discrimination 
professionally, some of the legacies I'll leave behind, uh, should I step out of the role that I'm in now, don't know why I'm thinking about that, um, <laughs> w- would be the introduction of the, 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 new vis- you know, the new visual identity that I created that sparked international conversation that's continuing today. The introduction of uh, a new charter which recognises and calls out protected characteristics within the workplace um, as well. But, but most importantly, I'd like to say my legacy was to elevating Manchester and to a level not previously seen for championing LGBTQ plus equality and supporting us back on the map firmly where, where we belong. Sounds like a great legacy. Yeah, I don't know where I went with that. I can't remember half the things I've just said then, but yeah. <laughs> it sounded fabulous. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So, okay, Mark, some quick-fire questions for you. What's your favourite view of the city or favourite building? Town Hall is my favourite building all day long. Uh, There was um, a painting done by J.J. Adams uh, where he depicts a post-apocalyptic version of the Town Hall and uh, it was my Twitter background for quite a while. Uh, It's incredible. I love the Town Hall. yeah, it's quite iconic. Mm, can't wait for it to be back up and running again. It feels like we need it more than ever right now. It and really it's covered does. Up, it seems so sad, but I'm sure it'd be worth waiting for. If you could describe a perfect day out in Manchester, what would it be and with whom? I'd say maybe a walk in Donham Park with my husband and with my little boy. Uh, we've had a few of those over the past few months and that's been incredible. Um, but then when it comes to me time, uh, <laughs> uh, let's head into the city centre, <laughs> yeah. let's wander, through, wander around some bars. Um, and I know it might sound a bit, you know, cliche, but I'm loving the Ivy. I, I love I love getting a bite to eat in the Ivy, uh, followed by a game of golf at Junkyard. So that's, uh, you know what, let's start with a walk in the park yeah. with the family. <laughs> then let's head in for an early dinner or a late lunch at the Ivy and go for a game at Junkyard Golf. That, that's an ideal day for me. That sounds great fun. <laughs> so which monk, born, bred or adopted, inspires you and why? And you can have a couple. Who's somebody who's inspiring me right now, and this is quite timely, is our adoptive monk, uh, our greater Manchester Mayor Andy Burnham. Mm-hmm. I think the way in which he's embodying the passion of Mancunians right now is incredible. Um, he speaks for a lot of people, and whether you love him or whether you hate what he's doing, he's passionate and his passion is coming over. And I find that inspirational to see a leader like that really not afraid to challenge um, to make sure you know he's, he's working towards the good of the city region um, I think you have to admire that Bit of a different one what would you order at the chippy? Uh, chips and uh, well I've gone so I stopped eating um, red meats two years ago is it wow that's flown well yeah this year's <laughs> gone hasn't it uh, so what would I order now Not can you tell I've not been to the chippy for ages I go to the Chinese what should we have uh, I'll have chips and a cheese onion pie. <laughs> oh, no one said always. cheese onion pie ever. Yeah, it's got to be cheese onion pie. I used to love them when I was younger. Uh, and always a side order of mushy peas and a carton of gravy. Don't put the gravy on. Let me do it myself. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I'd order. Um, and lastly, what's the best thing to come out of Manchester? Oh. These big, deep Manchester <laughs> questions are killing me here. The best thing to come out of Manchester... There's just so much. I think this city is steeped in so much heritage. We've achieved so much as a city. I, I truly can't answer that. I can I can list a whole host of things that I'm admire that I admire that have come out of the city, but to think of one single thing, um, I'm gonna have to do it. Coronation Street. <laughs> yeah. That's a good answer. So, Mark, thanks so much for joining me. We built this city. I've really loved hearing your story about how when you were younger you didn't feel that you're included, and yet you just kind of move the needle throughout your life and in a career now that you probably would never would have been able to even expect at the time 
and that just strikes me as having huge integrity and following your passions so it's wonderful i feel inspired by you today thank Thank you you. thank you so much listen you just got me warmed up as well i feel like (laughs) about to kick my feet up another half an hour but no it's been incredible talking to you i don't often have conversations like this um so i've really enjoyed it thank you mark fletcher helped build this city by tirelessly championing change for the lgbtq plus community by fearlessly questioning everything including himself and by making sure the marginalised are represented and all before a round of junkyard golf. We Built This City is out every Thursday when you'll hear from another incredible Greater Mancunian. If you want to find more out about Roland Dransel PR and you'd like some help in creating your legacy, please head to rdpr.co.uk for more information or give us a call on the same number we've had for 24 years, 0161 236 1122. Thank you and see you next time.